listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, following. The following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Well, a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's season three, episode 13. I'm your host, Nate. Hope everybody is doing well this freezing fucking Wednesday. If you are in the Midwest, as you know, we are about to suffer from some of the craziest sub-zero temperatures we've ever faced, and some of these temperatures are colder than Antarctica itself. Uh, This is brutal, man. I'm not a fan of winter, and I'm really, truly sick and tired of this shit. I think I'm just going to sequester myself for the next few days and catch up on some of the wrestling I've missed. Unfortunately, today is not going to be a lot of new elite news or any of those things. We have a lot of WWE stuff to talk about. Just getting that out there front and first and foremost. Uh, here's the thing. It was the the Royal Rumble this weekend. That's officially the kickoff. The road to WrestleMania starts now. Uh, you know, it was wild to me because this year I didn't seem hyped for the Rumble. And then as I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, okay, okay, okay. But uh, when we were on Saturday, we went, the girls and I went down to Lafayette for the Doom Rooms Awards night. And we won an award there, which was really fucking cool. Walk Among Us taking Best Tribute Act of 2018. That was awesome. Uh, but while we were there, talking to Casey Taylor, shout out Casey Taylor from North and Pub. Uh, CT was hanging out, doing his thing, having to kind of work his ass off while we were there. But uh, we were chatting a little bit, and he was like, I'm going to put on NXT. So he put on NXT, you know? And I was watching it at North End Pub. You guys remember earlier in the year, we did a show from North End Pub. It was fucking awesome. I think that was episode 8. Brando came back for that episode. It was crazy. By the way, there were rumors in the rumor mill right now that we really should discuss. And there's a rumor that there's a former host of this show who's coming back. That's all I can say. There is some things in the works. Uh, a plan is being laid out, and we're going to see some crazy shit happen in the next few months with this show and this podcast. I'm really genuinely, genuinely excited right now. So we were at North End Pub, and, you know, watching NXT, but I was also watching the bands, you know, and... It was one of those things that you kind of get lost in watching the bands. And there's actually an experience I want to talk about. Uh, We're going to get into that here in a second. But uh, it was cool because the first band played before NXT was on. And then the second band was an instrumental band. So there's no vocals. So I watched wrestling 
while listening to an instrumental band, right? And I watched NXT to this instrumental band's set, and it was fucking radical. It was crazy. Some of the things were timing up insanely perfect, okay? So the first match on NXT was Undisputed Era, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, which I think were Red Dragons, right, back in the day, versus in, uh, defending their NXT Tag Team titles against War Raiders, formerly known as War Machine, I'm pretty sure, Hanson and Rowe. Hanson and Rowe perform. Oh, oh, okay, I'm not going to read that yet. That's uh, that's just the spoiler, and I'm just uh, I'm making sure I got the match order right. So... My notes. Uh, so this match was heavy, fast-paced, action-packed, crazy, mad spots, back and forth, shocking near finishes, hype, 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 hype. They set the tone again for NXT. And let me tell you something. The Undisputed Era is one of those teams I'm super confused because I think they do better in NXT. I don't think it makes really any sense for them to be called up. Maybe they don't want to hear that. Maybe their fans don't want to hear me say that. But the fact of the matter is this. I feel like Undisputed Era, unless they grow their faction even more, uh, on the main roster, that is, like they need to go up as all four and immediately get a fifth, a big fifth. Like, fucking, you know, they show up and Daniel Bryan's like, these guys, they're the future and I'm part of that. Like, we're going. I'll be the mentor on top, you know. Man, Undisputed Era is bad. Oh, man, it, they, it would be crazy. It would be good. This had, of course, Daniel Bryan would have to lose the title. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's a little bit of a spoiler for the, the Royal Rumble itself. So let's get back to NXT. Let's not get on conjecture and craziness in the future here. So Hanson and Rowe actually nailed their fallout move on Kyle O'Reilly to win the NXT Tag Team titles in a shocker. I was not expecting this. Genuinely, I thought Undisputed Era was a lock to win this match. It only made sense to me. Uh, War Raiders, though, are deserving. I think they're going to serve as champs down there for a minute. I think that Undisputed Era has held the belts a couple times now. If they win a third time, yikes. Uh, they'll be like the... They, I think they'll have the record for the most NXT title reigns... Uh, for tag team and maybe any any outstanding title because I, I think even Sh like Shayna Baszler is a two times women's champs but I think there's only a couple two time champs on that roster I'm, I'm not 100% sure but uh, that was an awesome match and then the Matt Riddle Cassius Ono match happened and the band is still playing okay I don't we don't want to forget that the <laughs> You know, whatever the fuck they're playing. I don't, I'm not really... Whatever the fuck it was. They're playing. And they're doing the pre-match thing where... Uh, this is very important because this is something that like stuck in my brain. is like, what the fuck is happening? So I'm watching and it made me like almost have a freak out, like out-of-body experience. Like I was like, I, what? Is this really happening or am I like... Did somebody slip something in my drink and I'm all fucked up right now because I'm watching this, right? The band is playing. And the the they're doing the pre-match promo video package. And I can't hear the matches or anything. Can't hear them talking or any of the shit. I can just hear this band. And they're showing, I think it was Matt Riddle kicking Cassius Ono or vice versa. One of the two got a vicious kick to the dome. And they showed it from three different angles, okay? And, like, in succession. One angle, 
replay. Next angle from the same spot they showed the last replay. Different angle replay. So three different things. But dudes and dudettes, check it out. Bah, they hit assemble. As soon as they hit assemble, the kick happens. Bah, they hit assemble when the next kick in the replay happens. Bah, they hit assemble when the third one. And I mean, I'm just talking one fucking symbol. They weren't like hitting a million symbols and it just like happened to sync up. It was very well timed, like you know, those like in the, in that order. Every time they hit that symbol, man, it was a kick in the in the video package. It was crazy timing yet again. So it was like a really cool fucking experience. I was like, wow, this is bitching in the kitchen, having a lot of fun watching this. So the Matt Riddle Cashizona match happened, and my buddy actually showed up unexpectedly to the North End Pub. Patrick Murray, shout out to you. And uh, we were chit-chatting and bullshit, and I kind of missed the end of this match. Uh, upon reading and doing a little research, apparently Matt Riddle forced Cashizono to submit uh, while using uh, elbow strikes when he was in an arm trap, which is awesome. Matt Riddle picking up a big victory there on pay-per-view. Well, on quote-unquote pay-per-view. That's pretty awesome for him. Up next could arguably be, I mean, man, it's hard to say, but I feel like these dudes maybe did steal the show because, come on now, they, they're both, they are both performers that when they go out there, their whole entire point is to steal the show. So it was Johnny Gargano v. Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship, and boy, did it fucking deliver. They were, again, just to... You're going to hear me say it, it kind of sounds like a broken record here, but just very much like that opening match. Here we are again, these two guys setting the pace. And I mean really setting the fucking pace for what the night was going to be. This was a blockbuster of a match. Johnny Gargano working with Ricochet was beautiful. I mean, they just they just had a flow and a chemistry and an ability to play off of each other and you know utilize crazy spots and and creativity and you don't you don't you know NXT man they are really genuinely special they really put work into being something bigger and better and more risk taking than the main roster is the way I would say that so Ricochet defending his title up against Johnny Gargano and at some point Gargano uh, had applied the Gargano escape and I mean, I thought for a second, I was like, oh, it's over. And then Ricochet escaped, and it was like, okay, they're back in the match. And then uh, Gargano performed a slingshot DDT on Ricochet for another near fall. Holy shit. And then Ricochet being a badass, and this is something that kind of a little bit happens throughout the weekend we'll talk about. Uh, Ricochet applied the Gargano escape on Johnny Gargano, but he escaped. So Gargano did escape the no Gargano escape. Uh, J- Johnny performed a brain buster onto an expo- onto the exposed concrete outside the ring. You know his heel thing where he rips the mat up, and and you know there there were some teases there. It looked like for a second he was going to do kind of like the Orton thing from the apron, but he pulled him down to the thing and then just did a, a brain buster onto the exposed concrete. Then hit uh, Ricochet with a second slingshot DDT, pinned him, and won the match. Johnny Gargano now our third ever North American NXT champion. Adam Cole Bay Bay, Ricochet, and now Johnny Gargano. I love it. Love it. 
in the second-to-last match of the night, and this was another match that just proved yet again how strong and how much dedication NXT has to being a premier brand regardless of anything else. And what I mean by that is I feel like these NXT matches are not going to get worse when AEW officially becomes a thing. They're going to get better. And it's going to get even crazy. I mean, the whole entire landscape of wrestling shifted over the weekend. And we're going to be getting into that in a minute, too. And uh, part of that is coming up. So stick around. Right now, we're going to talk about Shayna Baszler defending her NXT Women's Championship against the undefeated Bianca Belair. Uh, this was action-packed, brutal, vicious, no-bullshit fight that ended when Bianca attempted to do her 450 splash. Baszler avoided the move and kind of like put like as as she avoided it, she threw her lock, like locked her into the Kirafuda clutch. Now here's an interesting thing to note: Bianca Belair does not tap out. She did not. You need to hear what I'm saying here. She didn't tap at all. She just went to sleep. So she never technically gave up she just passed out that's pretty badass i think it's something for them to build on moving forward in the uh in the future of this feud and this drink break here's a first ever drink break let's talk about it this drink break right now is brought to you by tomorrow's podcast podcast you heard the bumper at the start of the show do you want to hear fucking podcast about anything and everything yeah like music oh my god and Matt, oh my God, and Tyler, yep, that's what's up, guys. Podcastrophies is shit. Check it out every Thursday here, or if you're like, man, you know what? I like the Journey to Comics Network a lot, but I really love those Podcastrophy dudes. Subscribe to their feed, podcastrophypod.podbean.com, or on iTunes. I think right now is what they're on iTunes. Just search Podcastrophy. Here's the drink break brought to you by Podcastrophy. Shout out to Dick Tyner. Here's the deal. It's winter, so if you hear me sniffling, fuck you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. That's exactly how I feel. So that match is over, and here we are. We've arrived at the main event. Our NXT champ, Tommaso Ciampa, defending against Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Uh, these two had a barn burner of a match. Definitely, again, up there for match of the night. So I want to also mention one thing. Johnny Gargano is a champ now. So here, let's get back into this match. I just want to say that again. That Johnny, Johnny, I want you to remember that Johnny Gargano is our North American champ while I'm talking about Tommaso Ciampa and him defending his NXT champ against Alistar Black. As Ciampa finally go, went to go for his like fairy tale ending, uh, Black kicked out, and it was bitch, and I was like, oh, shit. Then Black performed the Black Mass on Ciampa, but Ciampa performed an elevated DDT and a second fairy tale ending on Alistar Black for another pen, near pinfall, which, again, Black miraculously kicking out of, and man, I popped. Chomper performed two more, so that's a total of four fairy tale endings in this match, ultimately pinning Black to hold on to his title, and it was cool because as the show was closing, you had uh, Chompa and Gargano on top of the, at, the, at the top of the stage with their titles. In a big yawn, apparently. 
I don't know why that's happening. That's weird. Maybe I'm tired. I've had a crazy day. I shoveled a fuck ton of snow. I had to get Veronica's mom's car out of the fucking drift because she got stuck. Had to deal with sub-zero temperatures and got to, had to get the truck started and all these crazy fucking things. Guys, we were all concerned. So then as Ciampa and Gargano are nega-DIYing their way at the top there, uh, they nega-DIY and that is cut short as... Velveteen Dream and Ricochet come out. Alistar Black jumping up and getting up to the stage as well. And Adam Cole also jumping out. Uh, where Adam Cole, Rick, or it was Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa staring down Alistar Black, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream. And it was then later announced that they are actually having a match Sunday. So in a few days, they're having a match on television or the network or somewhere. I'm not sure where you guys can find it, but it's going to be called Halftime Heat. And Halftime Heat, uh, you know, I it's who knows what's going to happen there or what the what the fucking fallout from that's going to be or are they going to be doing it in an empty arena? Man, Halftime Heat, that's crazy. Last time that happened was Rock Mankind, I'm pretty sure. And, and Mankind put the fucking forklift on the Rock's chest, I think. Right? Or vice versa? No, yeah, the man, Mankind, I think, ret- retained that match. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I thought overall NXT TakeOver Phoenix was really great. I do believe there are some people that are on the cusp of being called up, are pretty much called up. Uh, are in danger of being called up, depending on how you're looking at this uh, whole entire thing. Because, you know, really, Alistar Black is a dude that could go up to the main roster. Ricochet could technically go up to the main roster, although I've said it on this show fucking at least three times, maybe ten, who knows. Ricochet going up to the main roster is Ricochet going to 205 Live. And I need to just keep it real with you guys. He's not going to be a main roster dude, and if he does, he'll get lost in the shuffle. No matter how much flips and sweet shit he can do, he's not going to be the dude. And that sucks, because he is a great, talented dude. He just, uh, he would get lost in the shuffle on the main roster. So maybe, maybe not, don't take, don't take fucking Ricochet. But do take Alistar Black. I think he would have a great success on the main roster. And we're going to get into that here shortly as well. Now listen, we also had a whole other pay-per-view whole other pay-per-view talk about and then there's fallout from that pay-per-view and there's fallout from there there's so much shit to discuss you guys oh man we're just getting started here now because we are at dun 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 i feel like i need to say all these things it's very important to do this in the right order because there's big news that's going to be breaking that we've already have this news but i can't spoil it till later in the show because well um I don't know how do I say this. If I spoil it now, it'll affect your opinions of how the Royal Rumble went, I guess. So let's get into it. What happened at the Royal Rumble? I don't even know. Let's talk about a tag team match where it's Bobby Roode in the pre-show and Chad Gable defeating Scott Dawson and Razor. Had Dawson and Razor won, both the Revival and AOP would have received Raw Tag Team Championship matches. They did not win, though. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defending the turf. In another pre-show match, Shinsuke Nakamura retains his United States title against Rusev with Lana. The end of that match was interesting as 
Rusev was go- like Lana was fucking with Shinsuke, and then Rusev went to hit Shinsuke, and he moved. And uh, typical classic uh, managerial, uh, what do you call that? Not yeah, I guess it would be your manager, your mouthpiece, or whatever, your valet. That's the word I was looking for. A uh, typical valet bump that Lana takes with Rusev bumping her off the apron and down to the to the floor. Uh, that plays in later, by the way, because Lana apparently broke her ankle. I air quoted there, uh, just so you know. Uh, the final pre-show match is Buddy Murphy versus Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto. Now, I think I fucked up. Pretty sure I said in my predictions that Buddy Murphy would lose this match to Hideo Itami. He did not lose this match to Hideo Itami or Akira Tozawa or Kalisto. Buddy Murphy retaining the Cruiserweight Championship in this Fatal 4-Way match. Uh, And now we are officially at the main card. Now, uh, the main card was a really good pay-per-view overall. I loved some of the things. And I feel like this is another thing we need to talk about. I feel like we are in a weird impasse here with the WWE because for so long we were like, just give us what we fucking want, and they didn't. Now they are sometimes giving us what they want, and they're like buying into some of these internet rumors and shit, or at least people on the internet are getting better at understanding what the actual plan of the product is. And, you know, coming out of this, you you know, you had, uh, I mean, man, let's just get into this shit, right? So... Asuka, Becky Lynch, singles match for the women's WWE SmackDown Championship. Badass match back and forth. Asuka at one point had Becky in the disarm her, maybe twice. Uh, Becky, you know, I'm trying to remember here. Becky also got Asuka's... uh, Damn it, I'm fucking this up. I can't think of Asuka's fucking finishing move right now for some reason. But Oh, the Asuka lock, I think is what it's called. Just the Asuka lock. So she had the Asuka lock on Asuka, and, and then Asuka put the disarm her on Becky. It was really interesting, them trading submissions like that. I like that classic trope of them uh, trying to finish each other with each other's shit here. Ultimately, Asuka defeats Becky Lynch, and they had a really crazy scramble back and forth, and ultimately Asuka gets it. Uh, You know, Becky seemed down and out, and I thought, well, this is exactly how I called it. She lost to Asuka. She's going to enter the Royal Rumble. I just said it in the back of my head. I I actually feel like I even said it to Veronica and Sarah. I said, and maybe you guys can quiz them. Hey, did Nate really say this before he saw what happened? Yeah, I did. I really did. So, uh, Becky loses, but I'm like, man, I think she's going to be in the Rumble. She's fine. Up next on the card, Miz and Shane O'Mac, Miz Money, up against the bar. Miz Money in the bar put on a really great match. It was very physical. Shane McMahon took some gnarly bumps. He took an uppercut from Cesaro outside like, he was going to do an elbow off the top rope onto Cesaro through the table. And that didn't happen because Sheamus got in the way. But then, like, Sheamus got taken out by Shane. And then Shane didn't even realize that Cesaro was there. And bam, just fucking, boom, just fucked him up. So, this match was very physical. 
I was kind of hoping that they would go the way they did end up going, and I really did like that they, uh, you know, they kept it real. They made the match good. Miz and Shane McMahon looked like a cohesive tag team. They did a really nice job of working together. It was very, very fun to watch. That's one thing I can say. It was a very, very fun experience watching those guys work together up against the bar, who are arguably two of the best workers in the game. Uh, so, man, Ms. Money winning the titles, though. How crazy. Ms. Money are your new WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? I thought so. Uh, up next was our Raw Women's ta- our Raw Women's WWE Championship match. Ronda Rousey up against Sasha Banks. What a hell of a battle they put on. There were moments where I really thought a couple things. Here's a couple things. First of all, there were moments where I thought Sasha was really fucking hurt. There were moments where I thought Ronda was going to actually lose. And the unexpected was going to happen. I was like, holy shit, they're going to do it. There were moments that had me go, oh, fuck, these two are are putting on a clinic. And, and maybe they have a little bit of actual bad blood behind the scenes. You know, so it was, it did everything. And here's one thing. The, the finish was brutal looking. And Becky got laid out. Or not Becky, fucking Sasha Banks got laid out. And Ronda, here's, okay, so here's a couple things. So Becky got, or Becky, God, I keep doing it because, the okay, Sasha Banks, fucking damn it, Sasha Banks gets laid out, and the referee looked at her because he thought she was fucked up for real, and here's where the camera, don't lie, and there was a little bit of a slip up, not like her wardrobe malfunction where her whole ass was on TV, it really happened, it really happened, guys, I'm so sorry, Attack of the Yawns, it's a little bit later, as I said earlier in the show. And I've been very, 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 very exhausted today doing all the shit I did. So I'm just uh, getting through the best I can. Another quick drink break. Now back at it. We have, uh, you know, Ronda ultimately wins this match and defeats Sasha. They had a little thing after the match, and there was a handshake, and then a stare down, and then Sasha did her fucking boss pose in Ronda's face. It was crazy. Uh, After that, man, we had one of the coolest and one of the best rumbles. I think, personally, I've seen in a long, 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 long time as we did the women's 30-woman Royal Rumble match for a chance to go to the champion of your choosing at WrestleMania 35. I'll go down the order of people who were in the match. And what I'll, so I'm just going to say who came out, you know. And we started it with Lacey Evans and Natalia. They worked each other for a solid. And then Mandy Rose came out. And then Liv Morgan came out. And then Liv Morgan was eliminated. And then Mickey James came out. And then... You know, Ember Moon came out, and we're starting to fill up. And Billy Kay came out, and Nikki Cross was out there. You know, I mean, it was brutal. Uh, you know, what? What? Uh, what? 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 Oh, 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 oh! Elimination order. Okay, sorry, I was, 
just looking at something weird. Okay, so uh, you had so here's all the competitors in the order. I'm gonna go back through this again because I fucked up and I want to make sure to do this in the right way. <clears throat> so it was Lacey Evans and Natalia, then Mandy Rose, then Liv Morgan, then Mickey James, then Ember Moon, then Billy Kay, then Nikki Cross. I love Nikki Cross. She's fucking crazy. Then Peyton Royce, and then Tamina, and then Zaylee, which was awesome to see her there. Sarah Logan was up next. Then the Queen, Charlotte Flair, in her first ever Royal Rumble match. Kyrie Sane, Maria Kanellis, Naomi, Candice Lola Ray, Alicia Fox, Casey Catanzaro, which that was crazy to see Casey Catanzaro there because she's from American Ninja Warrior, and I didn't know she was, like, I missed the fact that she's been on NXT apparently. So that was pretty cool to see her. And she was got some pretty cool, like, no elimination uh, saves. Zelina Vega, Ruby Riot, Dana Brooke, Lo Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Sonya Deville, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, and then out comes Lana, and she's limping. She can't walk, and she's having a fucking hard ass time. And she's halfway down the ramp. And she collapses, sort of. So then, boom. The crowd starts chanting and getting into it. Becky, Becky, Like it's fucking fever pitch. And out she comes. And she ensures that she can go. She kicks the shit out of Lana. And goes up to the ramp. And, uh... She takes her spot in the rumble. And it was a badass pop. And then out comes Nia Jax. Actually, Nia Jax came out past. That's the right. That's right. Lana came out. Then Nia Jax came out. Lana still hasn't come out yet. And that's right. Nia's the one that beat up on Lana a little bit. So then Becky came out and was like, I'm going to go. So technically, Nia Jax was 28th. Becky was 29th. Uh, and then Carmella is your 30th. She got that because of uh, winning the Mixed Match Challenge. She got to be number 30. And, uh, man, it was overall pretty awesome. Your final four, or your, yeah, it was Bailey, I think. It was Nia Jax, Bailey, Becky, Lynch. No, 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 no. It was Becky Lynch, Nia Jax, Charlotte, and. Bailey? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, ultimately, it comes down to Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, Charlotte. Nia Jax gets eliminated. She then hurts Becky Lynch. So, Charlotte's like, oh, I got this in the bag. I, I'm going to become the, the, I'm going to WrestleMania. Like, I'm going to get to pick the champ of my choice. I'm definitely going after Ronda. Nope. Here comes Becky. And Becky actually pulls this shit off and wins the match. It was so vilifying to see her win the match because now she's going to WrestleMania just like we have wanted to see her do, you know? Oh, you guys, she needs to go to WrestleMania to face, hopefully, Ronda Rousey, you know? Maybe she'll face Asuka again. Who knows? We'll have to get there. So then after that match, which was super exciting, we had Daniel Bryan up against AJ Styles in a singles match for the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan retains in this match in a barn burner back and forth fight. 
that went almost 25 whole minutes. Uh, longest singles match of the night. Uh, third longest overall match because the rumbles were definitely longer. But longest singles match of the night. It was amazing watching these two dudes work. They work so well together. Uh, don't expect AJ Styles to win the title, guys. Just be real about it. He is most likely on his way out, or if he's not quote-unquote on his way out, he's on his way to a smaller role within this company. And that's something you guys just need to learn to accept. It's not, it's time, man. AJ's getting old. He's getting up there. He can't He can't go like he used to, you know? Like, why would you guys assume that? Maybe you guys don't assume it. Shit, maybe I'm presuming that you guys are assuming that this is what's going to fucking be the case. So let's get into that next match before we had one match left. So we got two matches left. Up first is a appearance by Bork Lenzar up against Finn Balor. Back and forth. It was cool because Finn really took it to Brock in this match. Jumped him before the bell officially rang. Started beating the shit out of him. Kicks and punches and moving fast and, and, and taking him outside and being creative and shit and, and really... Just looking for his moment and took some punishment back and forth. He had hit the coup de gras on Lesnar and one, two. As he kicked out, he got put into the uh, to the Kimura, and ultimately Finn Balor taps out. It was, uh, you know, they've kind of been doing this trope with 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 Lesnar. Every dude that comes up against him puts a fucking hell of a fight up, and you don't think they're gonna. And then Lesnar still wins, and then he hits an F5 or he hits five F5s or whatever the fuck ever. Same thing here, folks. It was a great match. I really wish Finn would have won this match. I think it would have set up for a better, well, you guys will see. One last match on the actual PPV itself. It's the Men's Royal Rumble with 30 entrants as well. Okay? You guys ready? First up, we had Elias and a surprise entrant in Jeff Jarrett. What? Returning. He was a really quick elimination. Up next was Shinsuke Nakamura and then Kurt Angle. Then Big E, an amazing surprise call-up entrance in Johnny Gargano. That was badass. Uh, Jinder Mahal up next, then Samoa Joe. A losing streak at 163 with Kurt Hawkins. Coming in at number 9, number 10 was Seth Rollins. Uh, number 11, Titus Sloneal. Because he slowed his role and did not go under. Well, he actually did go under the ring this time, but he did it intentionally. He didn't trip and almost get decapitated. Kofi Kingston up next, then Mustafa Ali, then uh, Dean Ambrose. We got some Dean Ambrose news later. No way. Jose was up next at number 15, then Drew McIntyre. Up next after that at number 17 was Xavier Woods. Then an amazing, amazing surprise entrant in this year's Royal Rumble as the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne shows up from NXT UK, your NXT UK champ at number 18 coming into the Rumble. Uh, last almost 12 minutes. Pretty awesome. Andrade CN Almas, which is now just Andrade, which is going to be taking some time to get used to. Up next at 19, number 20 was Apollo Crews. Number 21, another amazing call up from NXT, Alistair Black. Then Shelton Benjamin at number 22, Baron Corbin at number 23, Jeff Hardy at number 24, Rey Mysterio at number 25, Bob Lashley at 26, The Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman at number 27, a surprise because he had been on an interview saying he wasn't going to be in the Rumble, bullshit, uh, Dolph Ziggler at the Rumble, no, entrant number 28, 
then Randy Orton, and there's only one spot left. And guess what? It's our truth because you guys he 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 won the he won the mixed match cha- yeah yeah he won the mixed match challenge back a few weeks ago. So here's what happens: it's crazy because he's going down to the ring to kick ass, and what he gets attacked. What? What? What the fuck? What the fuck? Who who attacked him though? It must have been some dude, right? Some bad dude. Nope. Nijax. Nijax just beats this shit out of our truth. Fucked him up. Fucked his day up. Fucked his whole week up, probably. Maybe not though. And actually, there's a busy weekend for our truth to be real. Uh, Nia Jax enters the Men's Royal Rumble at number thirty. What? And this leads to some interesting things. We saw her get hit with an RKO. Six one nine. Uh, I think a zigzag too, probably. I mean, uh, she went with the boys. She put some shit up. She fought them. It was cool. It was interesting. A lot of dudes were hating on this online. I actually loved this play. I think it's interesting that Nia Jax was in two rumbles in one night. How many people can say that they've been in two rumbles in a night? Her. She's literally the one. Is Bird. That's a that's an old callback that most of you guys probably won't get, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? Overall, though, it wasn't a bad Royal Rumble. I thought they did a lot of smart things. They built on what they needed to build on. Oh, hey, by the way, let's mention who won the fucking match. So, Final Four is... Uh, I'm trying to remember here. It was like Braun Strowman... Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, and Randy Orton? Then Ray Ray and Nia were in there for a minute, but then they got out. So it was like Ziggler, Strowman, Orton, and and Rollins. And man, it could have been any one of these dudes, and it would have been awesome. Not so much Randy. He's already had championships and shit, and, and you know whatnot. And you know, it'd be cool to have Dolph win, but not expected. He doesn't want to be wrestling so much anymore. Uh, so Braun or Rollins, who's going to win? Makes sense for Braun Strowman to win. You know he hasn't got that uh, title uh, title opportunity against uh, against Bork Lenzar yet. So you know, wh- why not? Right? That's what I say. So you know the next part about this was pretty interesting because. Uh, we're down to the final two, Braun and Seth, and Seth surprisingly pulled it off and won the Rumble. It was super cool, man. It was really a really cool moment to to watch him win that. I feel like Seth is just cashing in on his awesome year he had in 2018. Man, how wicked. So you guys are probably wondering, like, well, what is all this set up? Well, the Royal Rumble set up some things. We know who our winners and our champs are. We know who our winners in the Rumble are. We know who has what titles. So, what's up next? You guys, it's Elimination Chamber. Or, if you are in Germany, it's No Escape. We don't want to offend anyone. Why is it No Escape and not Elimination Chamber? Because they had concentration camps with gas chambers that killed people and they don't, they're not happy with their history. They're not the fucking gun-toting South of America happy that they fucking hurt people. They think it sucks. 
That's why. That's the truth, too. Uh, so, let's get into it. There are, as of right now, three matches announced for this card. Those three matches are in and of themselves badass. And they are hyping me to get ready for Elimination Chamber here in a few short weeks. Because the Elimination Chamber is going to be happening on February 17th of 2019. That is literally, literally when you're listening to this, that is 18 days away. So we're two weeks and change away. So far we have three matches announced. The first match we're going to talk about, Ms. Money versus the Usos. The Usos securing a uh, tag team title opportunity tonight, actually, on SmackDown. Then a fatal four-way match. Defeating Heavy Machinery, uh, The Bar, and The New Day to get this title opportunity against Miz Money. That's pretty cool. They're going to have a great match. Miz and The Usos and McMahon are going to put on a hell of a show. Uh, another match we're going to talk about, Champ Daniel Bryan up against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe in the Elimination Chamber for his Empire of a WWE Championship, folks. If you have not heard yet, the classic leather belt with the gold plate and the jewels is gone. Daniel Bryan made his own hemp-based wrestling belt with wood and pebbles and hemp, and it looks bitchin'. It's really awesome. I kind of want one. I was like, fuck, that's cool. Like, I really, that would be badass to have. And pr probably pretty easy to make, too. Like, honestly, you just got to carve some wood and go get some good stones, you know? It looked like it was kind of a, a home decor piece. Nicely made. Don't get me wrong. It was nicely made. It was just like, man, I want one hanging in my house. Um, and we're going to talk about that and how it, he's got a new title, why he has the new title that happened on SmackDown. But we're going to get into the other match. Actually, let's talk about that SmackDown thing right now. So, one thing I forgot to mention is that when Daniel Bryan retained his title against uh, AJ Styles, it was with the help of Eric Rowan, who returned to distract, hit, and then get out of the ring so DB could get the win. Uh, so D Daniel Bryan comes out and he's like, I've been living a lie. I have this belt. It's made of leather. There's this cow, Bessie the, the cow, and she suffered death so I could have this belt. And I've been living a line. I don't want to wear it anymore. Eric Rowan comes out. It's like, hey, bud, I got you with this new belt. Here's this thing. And it's, like I said, it's an all wood and hip belt. What is the last match they've got announced for the Elimination ch Chamber? How about a tag team Elimination Chamber match for the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Championships featuring teams of Nia Jax Tamina versus the Riot Squad of the team of Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan? Versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Versus TBD, TBD, and TBD. I think TBD has a chance to win it right now. Uh, three out of the six competitors are TBD. And that means there's really six out of the 12 competitors that are TBD. That was weird how that one worked. Uh, so this is what's kind of coming up on the horizon immediately. But we've also got stuff in the deep future. And, you know, with this Daniel Bryan match here, what you're going to probably end up seeing is Daniel Bryan retain. Maybe someone like Samoa Joe is the last guy, and he maybe gets fucked out of it. Or I don't know how you do this. You're not going to put Mustafa Ali at the top. 
because you're trying to book for Mania, and you look at this, who's your money match? And my vote, honestly, just looking at it, I think Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe puts asses in seats. We've seen AJ Styles a bunch. We don't need to see a Randy Orton match. Mustafa Ali's great and all, but he doesn't. I mean, he's not. No offense. Putting him in this match is great and all. I don't know if it gives him the rub, but we'll, we'll see. The card is, in fact, subject to change. So what's beyond this? We've got WrestleMania 35. There are two matches confirmed as of Monday Night Raw this week. As it is confirmed, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky's coming for you, Ronda. That match that never happened at Survivor Series, thanks to Nia Jax, was the greatest thing to happen to Becky Lynch's career. Nia Jax breaking Becky Lynch's fucking nose is the greatest thing to happen to her career because it gave her tenacity. It showed her ability to be baller, badass, fearless, uh, mean as shit, you know. I mean, that's going to be an awesome match. I really do hope they put Ronda and Becky at the main, main, main event, last match of the night. It deserves it. It really does. It would be awesome as fuck to see. And, I mean, Becky was on the pre-show last year of WrestleMania. Now she's going for Ronda's title. Ronda was in a match with the McMahons, right? Was, was that last year? I feel like that was last year, right? Pull it up real quick here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus the Authority, Triple H and Stephanie. That happened last year. So a whole year later, Ronda's not in some hokey match. She's the champ. Becky is her opponent. Last year, Becky was... Uh, actually, where was Becky last year? Oh, the 20-woman battle royal. That's right. She was just a part of the shitty battle royal. I forgot about that. That Naomi won. I mean, I guess it's not shitty. Naomi won it. That's pretty cool, but, you know... It is what it is. That was last year. This is now. This is now, mother lickers. So, what's the other match we got? Seth Rollins, he won that universal title before he even had a chance to officially challenge Brock Lesnar. Lesnar came out, and they went to blows, man, on Raw. And ultimately, uh, it's Lesnar versus Rollins for the universal championship at WrestleMania, folks crown his ass because Seth Rollins is going to walk away with a second WrestleMania win for a major championship beating Brock Lesnar for the second time. He's going to get in Lesnar's head that he's already beat him at WrestleMania. You see WrestleMania 31 really happened where he beat him. Didn't he face Lesnar at WrestleMania like 30? No, that was Dean Ambrose. Uh, so yeah, so far those are the two matches announced for WrestleMania 35. And then now we we're you know we're at the end where we're done talking about uh man, that's a pretty belt, Daniel Bryan. I just want to say it again. It's bitchin'. It's real bitchin'. I love it. So we've got some other news. The WWE has confirmed some big news. Uh I want to talk about that. There was a spoiler for Fast Lane. We're gonna talk about those possible spoilers. Uh there is a possible change happening in the in the rumble match between Becky and Ronda and 
Uh, da, da, da. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we really want to cover here. Oh, that you know what? Let's talk about that too. And then let's also talk about... I'm just going through my uh, tabs of shit that, you know, I want to talk about. So... Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We want to talk about that one, too. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm not trying to be a shit-ass. I just am looking through my tabs, making sure I talk about the things that are good to talk about and not waste your guys' time. And that one's kind of boring. Okay, so let's let's cover something. There have been a bunch of rumors going around that Ronda Rousey's leaving. Let's put that shit to bed right now. She's not leaving the company. She's under contract till 2021. She doesn't have interest in going and starting a family right now. It's her body. It's her business. If she wants to get pumped, filled with gravy, baby gravy and pop a kid out, that's her fucking choice. If she doesn't, that's her fucking choice. If she wants to be the champ on top for a minute, that's her fucking choice. She's Ronda Rousey. Let her do her fucking thing. She said it herself, man. She's not looking for that. People all putting all these reports in people's heads saying she's leaving the company soon. It's not true. It's not, you know. And uh, I think it's good for her to speak up and be real about it and just be like, look, I'm doing my fucking thing right now. Why would I leave this? I love wrestling. What the fuck? So that's what I got to say about that. Well, let's go ahead and talk about while she's sticking around for a while. Somebody is not sticking around. Some of you have probably already heard this news. If you're following close to the dirt sheets or following online, you've heard this as news that broke earlier Tuesday as during the weekend, Dean Ambrose went up to management WWE and said, fuck it, I'm out. I want out. I'm not re-signing. You can't negotiate with me. I don't want a multi-year deal. I don't want anything. I do not want more money. I want my contract to be done and over in April. So when April comes... It's over, and here's how over it is. Usually, these rumors don't get addressed directly, but this one seemed hot as shit. Like, it came up, people were like, oh, damn, this is crazy. So, the report surfaced, and then people were like, oh, what do we do? WWE decided to make an official statement saying Dean Ambrose, also known as Jonathan Good, will not be renewing his contract with WWE when it expires in April. We are grateful and appreciative of all that Dean has given to WWE and our fans. We wish him well and hope that one day Dean will return to the WWE. That's what they wrote on uh, a statement to Wrestling Inc. So... Uh, it looks like this is uh, game over for the Shield. The Shield has officially been broken way more than what we thought. Uh, Ambrose has long been fr frustrated with the direction of his character, and an unnamed WWE friend told the website that Dean Ambrose hates hokey shit, which happens to be something that's an uh, undeniable element of Dean Ambrose's persona. So right now he's going to stay with the company, but he kind of has been... Uh, getting shit on. He lost at the Rumble, uh, and then he lost to Rollins on Raw, and, you know, I think that Dean gave his time, Johnny Moxley gave his time, and did a lot for this company, and really grew the now era with the Shield, and Dean Ambrose, you know, Underappreciated is the first SmackDown 
WWE champ of the modern era. When the brand split happened, he's forgotten about because AJ Styles built that place up by taking the title from Dean. Uh, and it's just like Dean's never returned to that full glory. He had a taste of it, and they kind of stripped him from it. And you know what? At some point, you got to say, I'm fucking done, man. I'm just done. And you know what? Dean Ambrose is not done with his career. And that's where things get interesting. In April, he's going to become a free agent. What happens in May? May 25th is what? What's May 25th, you guys? What? It's double or nothing. Double or nothing in the MGM Grand and Las Vegas. AEW All Elite Wrestling is putting on double or nothing a month and almost technically two months after the Dean Ambrose contract expires. So it is possible that he could be just blowing the place the fuck up. If they land Dean Ambrose, holy shit, look out. All Elite Wrestling is coming for the throat. Having Pac there now, having Jericho there, having Adam Page and fucking everybody. You, you're, I mean, you're, you got to look at it now. Here's the fact. We did not get Kenny Omega in the Royal Rumble. There are a lot of people saying, well, Kenny Omega's going to be at the Royal Rumble. It's not happening, folks. Let's be real. He's going to All Elite Wrestling, baby. When his contract's up in February, he'll sign. He'll be signing on the dotted line with All Elite Wrestling. And then Marty will sign in April. And then guess what? By May, they're going to have so much fucking talent. You guys, I'm excited for wrestling because All Elite Wrestling is going to elevate everybody. I'm just going to say it again. Let's talk about this three these three matches that get spoiled because of uh, a local advertisement for WWE Fastlane. Now, while things are subject to change, there are two months, so sometimes these are just placeholder matches. Some of them seem pretty accurate. So local advertising in Cleveland may have just spoiled three major matches for the March 10th Fastlane show at the Quicken's Lone Arena. The very next day, I'll be seeing Metallica, by the way. Per the promotion, Becky Lynch will go one-on-one with Charlotte Flair. That was kind of a feud that kept building tonight. Daniel Bryan will put his title on the line against AJ Styles. Makes sense. And Seth Rollins will challenge Bobby Lashley for his Intercontinental title. So some of that stuff makes sense. Seth... Oh, man, if Seth fucking, oh, Seth wins the IC title against Bobby Lashley and then wins against Lesnar at WrestleMania and becomes a dual champ, kind of like Warrior, oh, shit, that would be legizzle. Don't say legizzle. That that was bad. Uh, legizzle is not a good, stop saying it. I'm, not, I'm done now. So, interesting. I think this would be cool. I think this would be cool. I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. This is interesting. Fast Lane coming around the corner, March 10th. It'll be right. At, it'll be the next pay per view after February. So here's okay. So Dave Meltzer reported as a Monday WWE will throw Flair into the match at WrestleMania, making it a triple threat. So what my assumption is going to be is that Fast Lane it'll be Becky versus Charlotte. If Charlotte wins, she goes on to WrestleMania in the match as well. But if Becky wins, it's just her versus Ronda. Uh, triple threat is pretty awesome. Uh, but I mean, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to see this. Like, do we need to see this? Like, why can't we just get straight up Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, pay off that fucking thread from September or from November? Sorry. I, I just don't, I feel like this is just a missed opportunity. It really is a missed opportunity. 
here. You just leave it that simple. Maybe this is not true. Maybe Dave Meltzer will have it wrong. Maybe he's too busy uh, finding clickbait. I don't know. Here's the fact. We're going to have to keep our eyes open. Maybe Charlotte Flair gets in there, but, you know, maybe not. But if Charlotte Flair gets in there, do they make that triple threat headline WrestleMania? Typically, it's a one-on-one that will, well, I guess that's not always true. They've had triple threats. I mean, God, uh, WrestleMania 30 ended in a triple threat. But I digress. I digress. I'm, I'm getting off topic here. Uh, let's talk about AEW for a minute because after the rumble and everything, uh, Chris Jericho fired some very open and obvious shots at a few people. And baby, let me tell you, Jericho's coming for you. Here is the first quote Jericho says, Intimidation and fear goes a long way in our business, guys. But let's be honest. Brock Lesnar needs to pull up his pants and lose the gut. The dream is over, dude. I don't play by the script. And he hashtagged at WWE at All Elite Wrestling. And Brock Lesnar all in that tweet. Later, his second eyebrow-raising post was, Hey, WWE, at WWE, at Ring of Honor, and at Impact Wrestling, I love watching you guys push all your randoms, but just know that we are interested in maybe six, eight of your talents total. We don't need you, All Elite Wrestling. Holy shit, man. He's he's serious. I mean, he's going for it. He is going for it. Oh, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this guy. I'm going to bring up this guy. You guys aren't going to know this fucking guy. His name's Jake Hager. He's like 36 years old. He's some dude. Some people call him a wash-up, a has-beenian, a never-was-been. You know, someone who, you know, maybe got lucky, who knows, in his time. But you guys don't know him as Jake Hager. You guys know him as Jack Swagger. We the people. Anyways, he made his official MMA debut this weekend against J.W. Kaiser at Bellator 214. And you guys, he beat that ass. It did not get out of the first round. He got dude onto the ground, onto his back, and hit him with a gnarly elbow that disoriented him, probably cut him open. Jack Swagger, I'm going to fucking call him Jack Swagger because that's who it is, put on a triangle choke uh, arm bar, a triangle, what's that called? An arm triangle. I can't ever get that right. It's an arm triangle. He threw the arm triangle on and choked J.W. Kaiser out and won his debut. And they said, uh, you know, your boss wished you luck and said not to, you know, uh, not to disappoint him. And what do you say? And he said, sometimes when you want to convince Vince, you have to convince, which is something I'm, I feel like wrestlers say. It's real cheesy. Like convince, convince. It's all one. It's it's dumb. All right, guys. Well, I think uh, we're we're there, man. We cut. We blew through everything, and uh, you know, I I, uh, I don't really think. Oh, there's one thing to note. Taker's not going to be at WrestleMania 20 or 35. Don't uh, expect him to be because he's not going to be. Also, rumor is Goldust might go to All Elite Wrestling. Rumor is uh, The Revival might go to All Elite Wrestling. Uh, Lars Sullivan. Ooh, this is news. Vince McMahon is... Okay, so not too long ago, Lars Sullivan was rumored to be John Cena's 
WrestleMania 35 opponent, but a reported anxiety attack has kept him out of WWE, forcing the company to alter their plans, and apparently Vince McMahon isn't too thrilled about it. According to Raj.com, instead of waiting on Sullivan to return, Vince McMahon has decided the plans for the NXT star should be scrapped. From this vantage, it looks like WWE has moved on from Sullivan. Sullivan was supposed to attack Cena before the Rumble, point where the 16-time champ would be entered for the Battle Royal. This was supposed to set up a WrestleMania match, but that's off the table. Cena did get his injury, but that was because of Drew McIntyre. Uh, as of now, Cena, Cena, did, you know, Cena didn't appear at the Rumble, and uh, it's just like they look like they're trying to posture him. But it looks like, you know, it's over for Lars Sullivan. He fucked up. He squandered the dream. Big dude was on his way, and then... Uh, Cut his fucking own legs out from under him. I just, I, I don't understand the guy. I don't. But, I mean, I guess, I guess that, uh, you know, when you're going to possibly go and, uh, you know, be in front of everybody on the big screen for real, that maybe it does become a little overbearing. But, God, Lars Sullivan was on matches in NXT that were more important than the shit he was going to do on the main roster. And it's like, man, chill the fuck out. You dumb. You fucked up, Lars Sullivan. You done fucked up. That's all I got to say. All right, guys. Well, before we get out of here, let's talk about the plugs. As always, you guys can listen to Journey into Wrestling every other Wednesday opposite Foodies Watching Movies right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Or you can get us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, just search Journey into Comics Network, hit the subscribe button, and you know what? You'll get an episode every day of the week, 365 days a year, right here. One feed, it's all you're going to need. So check it out, guys. Also, you can go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Throw us a dollar for early access, exclusive content, and more. There are other tiers you guys can check out as well. You throwing your money to us is a big help. In this world, we need that little extra push. And your dollar, your one singular dollar, could make all of the difference. Keep that in mind. All right, folks. Well, for Journey into Wrestling Season 3, Episode 13, Nega DIY and the Empire, I have been your host, Nate. Woo! Now, don't woo. Don't leave. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. I know I wooed. But there's some late-breaking news. And we need to get to this late breaking news as Hideo Itami has been granted his WWE release following a pretty noteworthy edition of SmackDown. We got another piece of news late in the evening as it was revealed Hideo Itami has been granted his release from the WWE. Uh, this report was broke by a couple dudes at Fightful.com. According to the story, Itami asked for his release this week and WWE obliged. His final show was taped on Tuesday in addition to 205 Live where he lost to Akira Tozawa. Uh, so that's another person that is leaving. So check this out. Uh, Atami is being granted his full release. He will have a 90-day no-compete clause that will apply the minute his release goes through. However, uh, Itami formerly competed as Kenta was a part of the recruitment class in 2014, including Finn Balor and KO for WWE. Uh, and then he kind of got stagnant. He got hurt. He didn't really do much. Then he got put on 205 Live, got stuck in NXT. Uh, you know, he is probably going to... He, he He's going to AEW. 
just keep it. Just, uh... Okay, so, yeah. Uh, he also changed his name on Insta or on Twitter back to Kenta and then just said, thank you. So he is probably going to all elite wrestling. You guys, Kenta Hideo Itami going, 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 gone. We'll try this again, folks. I said it earlier. I'll say it again here now. Thank you so much. For listening to this episode of Journey into Wrestling, Season 3, Episode 13. I have been Nate. You guys have been amazing. Take care. Have a good one. Be safe. Later.